Welcome to episode three of the Standing Shoeless Podcast. I'm Andy Blackshear, and I am your host. And I am so glad that you are listening, that we can be together, if that's the right way to put that, in this way, uh, through this podcast. Uh, I, I'm just so gl- I am pumped that you are listening. I, I had no idea how this would go, and and it has been so great to hear feedback from some of you friends that I've known forever and some of you that I'm just now meeting. Uh, all you listening here in the mid-Missouri area, shout out to you. I know we've got a bunch in the St. Louis area, out in Festus, Kansas City, Springfield, Missouri, Western Kansas. Jeff, I see you. Uh, Portland, Oregon, uh, which soon to be Utah. I, I see you guys too. That is awesome. Uh, God bless your move, man. Uh, and uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, Atlanta. My friend Wesley in Atlanta, listening to this on road trips. Uh, shout out to you too. Hey, I, I listen to most of my podcasts on road trips. I know some of you are, are new to this whole idea of podcasts. And so I was just going to say that that's usually how I listen is you know, sometimes I listen just during the day or uh, maybe in the morning before the kids wake up, but most often I, I just save them up for a good road trip. Actually, today as I'm recording this, uh, it's a Monday, and tomorrow I'm going to be on the road for about two hours, two and a half hours each way. So I've got lots of time to listen to podcasts tomorrow, and I'm excited about that. So if you're new to podcasts... <laughs> Thanks for joining this one, and, uh, and you know maybe that's a great time for you to listen. Load it on your phone ahead of time before you leave, and, uh, and uh, listen on the road. Yeah. I also heard of a uh, friend of mine who said that she's listening to this podcast with her mom while she helps around the house. Uh, mom's not doing so well, and, and that this is just an opportunity for them to... Uh, listen and grow together and, and have something to talk about uh, while she's helping around the house. And I think that's awesome. So, uh, gosh, what, wherever you're listening, whatever you're doing, I'm glad that you are here. I know some of you are listening to this because you're just not ready to walk into a church, right? Uh, and I hear that. Uh, some of you have grown discontent with church or, uh, you know, don't trust pastors, uh, you know, don't trust church members, whatever it is. And I just wanted you to know that I hear you, and and uh, gosh, I I hate the pain that you're going through right now. But here's my hope for you: is that wherever you are, and whatever has brought you to this podcast, my hope is that you would hear something in these stories that I'm going to share that that rings true to you, right? That that rings true to the way that you have experienced God in your life, and, and that somehow you can find in these stories that I'm telling what it is that God can use to speak to you and to your soul. I hope most of all that, that these stories will help you to open your eyes and to see how God is working all around you. So let's get right into the episode. Today is episode three, and the title is Of Desks and Playpins. And this episode is all about remembering what is most important in our lives. You know, 
the world is full of all kinds of things that are competing for our interest, for our time, for our our resources, full of things that we can make most important in our lives. And and you know this. I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know, but the, the only the only person who can decide what is most important, the only person who can decide what is most important in life and and keep things in the right order, in the right balance, in the right flow, the only person who can do that is you. And you know this, this isn't new, um, but uh, I, I hope you, you hear this in a little new way today. So I just wanted to take you around a little tour of my office here verbally. I know you can't see it, but uh, my office is in kind of an L shape. It's an odd shape for an office. Uh, It's not very big, but it's in kind of an L shape because I think, as I understand it, uh, before it was an office, it was kind of a hallway mixed with a hospitality area at the church, like where they had, I don't know, donuts and coffee and things out there on a table. I'm not really sure, but uh, something like that. And and they turned it into an office. And so it's got this weird shape to it. And uh, and it was a challenge for me when I first saw it to figure out how to use the space. And so in one section, I've got some bookcases because, uh, you know, I'm the kind of pastor who has a ton of books all over the bookcases. The bookcases are overflowing and they they continue to overflow. and, And I purge some every now and then. And and still it's overflowing. And so I've got the bookcases. I've got the all-important coffee maker. Uh, if you ever hear the coffee maker going in the background, that's that's a big part of my life. Uh, I've got uh, this rug on the ground to, to kind of add a different color and, and uh, bring a little different feel, a little more intimate feel to the space so that uh, it doesn't feel so just boxy. Um, and I've uh, got a door in the front of the office and a door kind of on the side on the back of the office. And, and, and then behind where I sit, I've got this, um, oh, it's, it's like a huge giant erase board, like a magic marker board. And uh, I don't know what you call it. Anyway, I, I can write up there with, uh, with markers and dry erase markers. Yeah, there you go. Dry erase board. Is that it? Um, it's not officially dry erase board material. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it works the same way. And so uh, I just write all over the walls behind where I sit and turn around from time to time to try to remember <laughs> what it is that I thought was such a great idea. Um, got some important things up there like that keep me focused, things about the our vision for the church and, and uh, some notes about things like uh, really good quotes that I don't want to forget and and some some things that I think need to be coming up. I have my little section of the wall where I remind myself of what it is that I need to do this week, my to-do list. And, and then I've got uh, the sermon series that I've got coming up listed out on there as well. Just good visual reminder. And then, and then and I had the hardest time figuring out what to do with this. But then I've got my desk here that I sit at. And on my desk, I've got the candle that I always have going when when I'm either talking to you. I always have a candle going when I'm talking to you or when I'm uh, preparing a sermon for church. I always have a candle going. Got my 
drinks here, some water, Dr. Pepper, you know, all the important stuff. My notes, my microphone here, and uh, and it's all sitting on top of this desk. Yeah, it's a huge desk. It's probably seven feet across and uh, about four, three and a half, four feet deep. It's a huge, big, beautiful wooden desk. Yeah, the kind that has a glass plate on top, you know, a piece, big piece of glass on top, so that nothing gets to the wood, which is really good because earlier, before I hit record, I, right before I hit record, I spilled coffee all over the desk, and I had to clean it all up, but uh, it's got this layer of glass. It's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful desk. And this desk was given to me by a friend, a colleague, a mentor, um, a boss, uh, in ministry, uh, and his name is Brent Musto. Brent was my first lead pastor that I ever worked with as an associate while I was going through seminary and learning and training to be a pastor. He taught me what to do. He kind of showed me the ropes, if you will, and, um, and so often he taught me what not to do. Usually, he prefaced it by saying, don't do what I just did, or don't do what I did, you know, 10 years ago, or, or don't live like that, don't be like this. Uh, and and he, he never took good care of his health. He retired early for health reasons, went on what they called incapacity leave, which I think he tried to use every moment of his life after that to prove that to be a terrible title. Uh, even after he had to leave for health reasons and, and he couldn't continue on, he continued to pray for and, and minister to pastors and, and people who had been in his congregation before that. I, just, I so appreciated Brent for what he taught me and for what he taught me, uh, both what he taught me to do and what not to do. Have you ever had a mentor in your life like that who just said, you know, I, I'm going to tell you and show you everything that I know, whether I got it right or not. That is such a gift. And so, as I was graduating seminary and preparing to go into my first full-time church appointment, where I would be the pastor, the only pastor, uh, he gave me a call one day, and he knew I was moving, and, and he called me and he said, Andy, when do the movers come? I told him, and he said, well, you're going to need him to come by the house. I said, why is that? He said, well, you're going to have to come get this desk. I don't have any room for it. I said, well, how, I mean, how big is the desk? I think the church has a desk for me. I'm not sure that I need a desk. And, you know, I told him, I really appreciate it, but I'm not sure that I want to really send the movers over there. He said, well, then figure out how to get it to church and have them pick it up from there. But you're coming and getting this desk. It has to go. I said, why is that? He told me, well, I don't have room. He said, it's the desk or the playpen. There's not room for both. And the desk has got to go. See, he was expecting his first grandchildren and as he was preparing his heart for them, he was also preparing his home for them. And there was no room for that desk anymore. 
That was such a gift for me. Yeah, I mean, the desk was a gift. It was probably brand new, several thousand dollars. It was, it's a very nice, expensive desk. That was a gift. But no, the, the real gift was the lesson that he was teaching me. And it was something that he'd told me time and time again. He'd reminded me of it over and over. It wasn't new. It wasn't like I'd never heard it before. But now he was showing me what it looks like to live these things out, to put the wisdom into practice. See... Brent could have spent his time clinging to what was, clinging to what he had lost. He could have spent his time just being broken up inside about the fact that he was no longer able to serve in ministry the way he had before. And I'm sure he did some of that. I'm sure he did maybe even a lot of that. But what he refused to do was to to spend all of his time clinging to what he lost, what had been, what came before. And, And instead, he was ready and readying his heart for what was to come next. He gave that desk away so that he could focus on what mattered most to him in that time, in that season, in that space, and in that place. What mattered most to him was his family. And that was important because that hadn't, hadn't always been what was most important to him. At least the way he tells the story. He would tell me ways that he had put the church and his work, his ministry career before his family. How he'd put those things before his health. How he'd, he'd tried to live up to everyone else's expectations, but he didn't take care of himself and didn't take care of his family and And because of that, because of that, his time in ministry was cut short. Because of that, his time on earth was cut short. It was a few years ago that I attended Brent's funeral, along with a host of other clergy who came to see him off and pay tribute. And he had given his life to the church, which was incredibly important and is so meaningful and so mm, all the good that comes from that. He had given his life to his call to ministry. He had given everything over to it. And, and as he was teaching me how to do that, he would always remind me, he would say, Andy, God has given you this church and this ministry career. And God has given you your brand new family, your wife, your kid on the way. He said, one of those is more important than the other. He said, when push, when push comes to shove, the church, the church is going to be fine. There are always going to be people who say that they need you, situations that seem so important. And when push comes to shove... Don't lose your family. Don't ever forget it. I knew as he was telling me these things, often with a tear in his eye, that he was telling me what he was telling me because he, he had made that mistake. He hadn't learned from someone else like I had the chance to from him, but he had, he had put something else in 
a place of priority, a place of importance in his life that made him unable to do his best work and give his best effort in all the other areas of his life. He put God first, yes, but so often he put his work second. And that made both his work and the rest of his entire life suffer as a result. He would not let me forget it. Last time we sat down and had lunch together, we were eating barbecue uh, before I left Kansas City. (laughs) And he, I don't know how many times he repeated it. He said, I'm not going to let you leave here without promising me that you don't ever lose your family. Don't you forget it. Keep everything in the right order, and it will all work out. Ah. What a gift. What a gift. I wonder if you've had someone in your life who's served as that kind of mentor. Maybe a parent or a grandparent. Maybe a boss or a mentor like mine. Someone who taught you what to do and and sometimes who says, has the courage even to say, don't do what I did. ask you right now, what's most important in your life? What is most important in your life? And how are you making space for those most important things? You know, it's truly a gift to be able to sit here at this desk and have a reminder each and every day as I do my ministry work, as I do the work that I am so passionate about and called to, to have that reminder as I sit here and do that work on this desk to keep the most important things my relationship with God my family my my physical health to keep those things right where they ought to be so that I can live out every day my work and all the other things that are important to me I pray that you have that same reminder. What are those things in your life that you can see and feel and touch that you can can literally put your hands on or can look at that remind you of what is most important? We need those reminders. If you don't have one of those, I invite you to make one. Create one. Print a picture. Find a, an object of and, and remember the story behind it. Make, make something be for you that visual reminder of what's most important each and every day.